A lot of times, you know, the, the operators at all these sites will pretty much cruise by when they take shortcuts, when they do things that are wrong, when they know they are doing things that are wrong, so long as they do not fail. The failure uh, results in a very big uh, penalty for them. They do not get paid. That, that's pretty much If you fail, you don't get paid. But if the machine fails, or if something else fails and it's not their fault, they definitely get paid. So there is an incentive for them to say, it's not my fault. So this is exactly where I want to go. So a lot of sites will say, I didn't do anything wrong. The operator was like, I follow every single part of your procedure. I did everything as you showed me, right? I have done nothing wrong at all. Because, you know, again, they, they want to get paid. Uh, we all do. Um, and so, you know, it's very difficult for me to sit, you know, 3,000 miles away trying to figure out what exactly went wrong. Is it really the machine? Is it really the process? Is it really my procedure? Am I the one who's messing up? Is it my procedure, the things that I wrote, is that the thing that messed people up? So you kind of have to sit down and think about, okay, what went wrong? Who went wrong? Why did it go wrong? How do we fix it? And I think that, you know, with Adam, this is where it, for me, is, is where the rubber meets the road, kind of. Adam goes to that place of fear, and he just denies it. I didn't do anything wrong. It's a woman that you gave me. It's actually, it's your fault, God. You gave me the woman. Or... It's your fault, God, because you made me this way. You give me these instincts. If you go beyond that a little bit, you know, after a while, people um, say, I didn't do anything wrong. It's really structurally that your process, the things that you showed us, the things that you trained us is flawed. It's, there's nothing I can do about it, that. I've tried everything. I've done everything correctly, and it's just a process. So this, what does this mean in terms of, of, of being a Christian is that being a Christian is not the solution. There's no way that I can ever not make a mistake, or there's no way that I can live a perfect life. So a lot of people go into that and they're like, I'm never gonna be perfect. Maybe Christianity is wrong. Maybe we shouldn't live this way. Maybe we shouldn't have this expectation. Why do we always have to make a mistake and then go and ask for forgiveness for it? Maybe this is not the way to do it. Maybe there's something else that is the answer, and this is not it. I, continue, I continuously want to not make mistakes. I want to not you know, live this kind of lifestyle. I don't want to be always sinning. I don't always want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel this way. Maybe religion is telling me that I'm bad, but I'm not really bad. I'm normal. I'm just like everybody else. Everybody else sin, I sin, why do I feel guilt? People cheat, I cheat, why do I feel guilt? Right? People steal, I steal. Why do I feel bad and nobody else does? Right? So maybe it's because I'm not in the right uh, place. They're not telling me the right thing. They're entrapping me in the wrong mentality. Um, one of the biblical scriptures I always struggle with um, when I was uh, younger and up, to, uh, up until now that I really struggle with is the example between Cain and Abel, right? God looked favorably on, on Abel's gift and not on Cain. Why is that, right? So is it that Cain made a mistake? Did he do something wrong? Is this something that he did that God did not like, right? Why did God uh, prefer one and not the other? So again, you come back to the question, so is God playing favorite? So is mistakes or your gene the things that make you who you are? Is it because God designed you to be less desirable than somebody else? Were you born with inferior 
traits. So you, in, the, in, the, in the back of your mind, when you're processing all these things, in your frustrations, in, in the things that you are unable to do, right? I'm pretty sure that a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people, but some of us have always like, why am I short? Why am I way too tall? Why do I have this kind of hair color and not that? Why do I have chinky eyes? Why do I have big eyes? There are a lot of whys we are the way we are, right? And then a lot of people would then go and try to rectify it, change it, make it into what we think ought to be. Mistakes, right? Mix mistakes um, is pretty much universal. We look around us and even this floor right here, right? It's a mess. <laughs> Actually, this reminds me of, this, uh, of, of a little story that was told to me yesterday. Um, in fact, it, it, it involves this podium right here, okay? You see this podium? You see how it works, right? So then, um, uh, an hung back there told me that, um, well, the f this rocks like this is because the floor is not even, right? Can't put carpet on an uneven floor, so that's why they're like pouring in concrete to try to make the floor even, right? And then, uh, I guess uh, you were the one <laughs> who told people that the floor was uneven? So they try to even, you know, they, they try to pour out down the concrete and try to sand it out to make it all even. And then no matter how much they try, this thing's still rocking. So the floor must not be even. Even after they try, it's not even. But then he, they, they, they said, oh well, maybe the podium is not even. So if you, you know, if, so what are we measuring? What are we, what are we measuring imperfection with? A flaw tool where we think that this thing should be straight, should be flat, it should be perfect. But then our own, our own perception of perfection is even flawed. So how do you measure perfection using a flaw tool? So coming back to mistakes. A lot of times people make mistakes, not because they intended it, they wanted it, not because they have malice intent, not because it's because we're bad, mistake, tick off all the people. I do that, you know, I've done that. I've certainly been sent to HR, which is your equivalent of the principal. I've been sent to the principal multiple times as students and now as professional. <laughs> I've been sent to sensitivity training. I've been sent to training on how to talk to other people without offending them. I've been, <laughs> I've been threatened <laughs> to be nicer to other people or else. I don't know what the or else is. Still don't know. Don't want to find out. Um, so, you know. I, I know about mistakes and I know about, you know, uh, apologizing and asking for forgiveness and things like that. So it's, a, it's, it's something that I'm still trying to, th this is one of the reasons why I said this is not a message. This is a discovery. This is a, this is a set of things that I have discovered about myself primarily over the last couple of years. And what I have sort of, this is where I wanted to go with this. This is, this is what I have discovered is that God is not so much interested in what we have done wrong. God is more interested in us knowing that it is wrong. God didn't ask Adam, right? God didn't ask Adam, why did you do it? It's more that he's asking him, do you understand that it is wrong? You can only apologize. I, this is what I've determined to. I can only apologize to someone really sincerely when I understand that what I did is wrong. When I hurt somebody, I apologize because I understand that I hurt them. Or else it would be like, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry because, oh, I really am sorry, but yeah. there is always a condition to our apologies. Um, 
I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> right? That's not even an apology. There's a word sorry in it, but it's not an apology. I, I, you know, I really came to terms with the fact that I'm not apologizing. It's only through my training in terms of sensitivity training, they actually ask me to analyze whether or not I am actually apologizing when I'm actually thinking that I'm apologizing. I'm not. So, I, you know, it's, it's a self-discovery sort of a, a process. It's like, you know, I, I don't really understand why you feel that way. It's not really an apology. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of times I, I feel like that with God too. It's like, God, you know, your rules are too hard. They're too strict. You gotta relax them a little bit. Let me have some fun. You know, you created me in this particular way and, and you gave me all these, you know, tools. And let me just have a little bit of fun. Just a little bit. That's all I have. It's like, mommy, I just want a piece of candy. I'll brush my teeth. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, so, coming back to, to, to apologies and forgiveness, I guess this is part one. But apologies require that we understand, we know that we have done something wrong. And the apologies doesn't end with <laughs> because or but or since, since you've done this, therefore I did this. Um, you know, there's a cause and effect and, and there's always something that causes you, forces you to do something wrong. And it is not really your fault, but you are apologizing because that's what you think. And I think this is coming back to, to what God was telling Cain. In uh, Genesis chapter four, verse three to seven, retells a story about God um, about uh, Cain and Abel offering the gift and God said in verse 7 if you do what is right should you not be accepted it's not if you do what is right should not your gift be accepted it's not that God said if you do what is right should you not be accepted it's a question in terms of do you know what you're doing do you understand what you have done the question is not what are you doing but the question is do you understand done and I think that that is pretty much where, uh, where I'm at. Let me go back to a little bit to what I said in the beginning. I'm only becoming a little bit more mature now because I think about in the next few years, I will have children. And children to me are, I'm very sorry for saying this, and this is sincerely, and there is no but because I'm sorry that you feel that way. There's none of that, okay? I'm really sorry that they will have to deal with me. My children will have to deal with me to have to, you know, to grow up, look up to me, and then come to a, some, some, at some point down the road, come to the realization of <laughs> how imperfect I am. And maybe somewhere along that line, model themselves, model their mentality and their mindset and how they think and how they view the world after the way how I do it. And that scares me. They become me. You know, like, I go all over the world and I train other people to become like me for one and a half hour and here I am sitting there at night thinking about how my children grow up to be like me and that scares me. So, you know, that is the point where it triggers something inside of me. I said, I don't want anybody, I don't want anyone to be like me and uh, that is where this sort of self-discovery began. Why do I ask for forgiveness if that's not why? Why do I apologize if that's not how? Why do I do the things that I really don't want to do? And I think that, I think that that's where it leads me to Psalm 130 verse 4. And um, if you have your Bible, I'm just going to close with it. If you have Psalm 130 verse 4, please open it. And, uh, and I think this is 
for me, this is like um, something that I discovered that I really, really uh, thank God for. If anybody has it, please read it for me because, you know, I think that the Bible says it much better than I could. If anyone has Psalm 130 verse 4, anyone? It says, let, let me go in from verse 3. If you, Lord, keep a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, in reverence, serve you. If God so look at only our mistakes, if God, if God only looks at what we do wrong, there's nothing else to talk about. But He doesn't look at uh, He doesn't look at mistakes. Doesn't look at sin. He look at us as people who have the potential to serve. There is the, uh, I mean, if you look at this, there are two sides of this discussion here. If, if God only look at sin, then you're damned. You're, you're gone. There's nothing else to talk about. You're not worth saving. If God only looks at you for your mistake, if God only looks at me for the things that I have done wrong, there's nothing else to talk about. There's, there shouldn't be redemption. There shouldn't even be forgiveness. Christ should never die on the cross because that's who we are. If we say that our potential in life is only to sin, if we have only been created to do the wrong things, and we are incapable of doing anything else other than to make mistakes, then there is nothing to talk about. Right? Christ died in vain. We know that we make mistakes, but I think the, the quintessential part, the, the most important part of this is that God is about forgiveness. God is about you discovering what you have done wrong. God is about allowing you to discover who you are, why you do the things that you do, and then to learn from those mistakes, and then to come to a realization that I'm much more than just mistakes. I'm much more than, than the, the accumulations of all the mistakes that I can ever make. God has created me to serve a purpose, and it is, it is built on top of mistakes. A lot of times in, in training, this is what I do. Go ahead and do what you do. Go and do whatever it is that you think the procedure has. And then I will write it as you have done it. I will try to I will try to um, I will try to train you to change what you do a little bit more just so that you do it the way that you would do I don't force you to do it the way how I do it because I'm not perfect so long as you make whatever needs to be made why do you have to do it my way let me let me understand how you approach this. let me understand how you do this let me finesse this procedure around how you approach it right? it's learning who you are adapting the procedure to fit you. I'm not talking about God adapting him to become you. I'm just saying we, we are imperfect. The way how we should approach everything is that we, we need to learn from our mistakes. We need to accept and realize what we are doing is not right, but we have the potential to do much more. That's where I'm coming with. Um, a lot of times, I'll give you a very specific example, okay? Um, for, for people to measure with a syringe, for people who never measure anything with syringes, they don't know how to. So they'll refer back to what they saw on TV, you know, doctors stab it in there, pour it out, and then squirt it in the air. It's like, no, you don't do it how the TV shows do it, right? Just make your mistakes, and then after you have made your mistake, then I can tell you that, you know, that's not the best way to do it. And then I can show you how that's done. And you see how easy it is. You see how simple it is. And you're like, okay, I get it. But I, sometimes you just have to allow the person to make. And I believe, this is I believe. I don't, I don't, I don't speak on, on, on behalf of God. I believe that a lot of time God allows us to make the mistake so that we know how hard it is. God allows us to go through pain 
So we know how painful it is. And for me particularly, God allows me to realize how bad I am <laughs> so, that I, so that I can have a little bit of tolerance toward my future children. <laughs> to understand where my parents come from, to understand how much pain, how much suffering they've gone so that I have empathy and sympathy and to learn from knowing that I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if anybody else in here have this, this idea, but you know, there was a period of time where I say everything I do is perfect. Like, there's nothing that I do is wrong at all. My procedure is absolutely perfect. You follow it, you can never make a mistake. If you follow my procedure, you cannot fail, okay? I actually said this when I flew out here to Sacramento. <laughs> okay, 16 months has gone by. I have not had one single failure. That's, that's, all, that's gotta be a record of some sort. 16 months, no failure. Thousands of run, no failure. I have not failed in the last 16 months. So have I mentioned that? I don't fail. Like my motto, walking to the lab is, I don't fail. I'll figure it out, okay? That's how, that's how brass and cocky I am, okay? I came to Sacramento and um, I had my first fail. Gotta be, gotta be jet lag, gotta be jet lag. Then a day later, I fail again. I was like, man, there's <laughs> something wrong with me. My streak is gone. But you know, I'm glad at this, at this point, after, after you know, going through this process, I'm saying, you know, there are room for me to improve. There are things that I can do differently that will help me to be better. I'm not perfect. And you know, this past week has really taught me that, that God allows us to fail. God even ordains us to fail. We may learn from that mistake. Um, you know, if you, if you look at this floor, I think this is a perfect example. You know, right now it's bare. It has a lot of scrapes and whatever. Once you put a carpet over it, it's going to look perfect. And I think a lot of times in our lives, that's what we want. We want to cover up all the mistakes. We want God to come down and say, eh, just, just wipe it, just cover it. Right? A lot of times, we, what, that's what we say. Allow your blood to cover our mistakes. I would like to believe that, but what I would like even more is not to cover, but to let me know, let me know why it is. Let me understand why I do what I do, so they can learn from it and grow and move on. Right? I, I think that this is a um, much more of a, a sharing of my <laughs> my uh, inefficiencies and um, deficiencies in life, and I hope that you know uh, it's something that that would allow you to to step on to build on. I thank God for the opportunity to be here. I thank God for the opportunity to be a bad child that I uh, would, you know, learn to be better. I, I think all my siblings would be able to tell you a lot of stories about my growing up. And, uh, <laughs> I hope they have told all the bad stories. But um, I am a person who is kind of is reflective. I, I do remember m the bad stuff that I do much more than the good stuff. Like for example, I'll tell you this last example and then I'll leave it at that. And there's a teaching moment in, in here. Um, I cut school when I was in elementary school. Okay? I cut school at the prompting of my cousin. She's about uh, four years older than me. And uh, we cut school not for any obvious reason. Uh, so one day she's like, let's not go to school. And I was like, that sounds good. And then uh, she's just, you know, we just cut school. There's nothing to do. I mean, there, it's not like we cut school to go to the movies or we cut school to do something fun. We cut school. And let me tell you, this is a learning experience. We cut school. I didn't have anywhere to go. So we went home, okay? 
we went back to where my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, all my cousins, everyone, all the adults are there, okay? We got school, we went back home. My cousin walked in, I don't know what she did, okay? She said, you cannot be with me. That's it, you, you just go on and do what you do. I was in what, first grade, okay? Who, who here is in first grade, right? Okay, I was like him, okay? And you know, this is in that lack. She said, just go, go have fun, go play. So I went into the pig pen, right? And I hid in the pig pen. There was no pig in there, but I went into the pig pen, and I, I hide out in the pig pen for what must have seemed like hours, okay? When you go to school, there are things to do. You know, you read, it's boring, you know, but at least you have friends, you have recess, you get out, you, there are things to do. When you cut school and all you do is fear, you're like, oh my God, you know, mom is right there, I can hear her, she's gonna catch me, I'm gonna get punished, you know, why am I doing this? I still remember that feeling. Why did I do this? Why am I, why did I do this, right? So if you cut school, don't go home. <laughs> Lesson number one. <laughs> Sorry to all the parents, but I had to. I, I had to tell them. You know, when they, if they cut school, they they, they 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 shouldn't cut school to begin with. It's a bad bad idea. That's number one. But if you do find yourself cutting school, do not go home. Okay, because all you do is shaking your boot, afraid when your parents are gonna find out. They will find out anyways. It doesn't really matter. They will find out. But um, so, you know, let's, uh, long story short, don't cut score. If you do cut score, don't go home. But understand that if you do cut score, you will get caught. Okay, there is nothing more to be said there. Okay, but my experience is that I hid out in the pig pen for several hours, being bored and scared. Okay, bored because I got nothing to do other than smelling, you know, the stuff on the ground, which is not pleasant. Uh, and then I got caught. Okay, so. I was bored, I was smelling pig stuff, uh, and then I get caught, and then I got spanked, and then I got to you know, kneel on my knees for hours. So life lessons, for me at least, don't cut school. Um, but you know, that mistakes allow me to value school a little bit more. It's like, this is boring, but it's still better than smelling smelly stuff, and then get spanked, and then kneeling on, kneeling for hours. You guys ever kneel? Like kneel in front of a wall, can't talk to anyone, just staring at a wall, kneeling. Yeah, don't do that. Well, you will do that if you cut school. So anyways, um, did I cut school again? I think I did. So lesson didn't stay very long, but so th there you go. Um, what I'm trying to say, and I will close out with this, is that life lessons, a lot of the mistakes that you make, that we all make, and your parents will punish you for it. And you may fear the punishment, and I fear the punishment, but the punishment is not, is not the point. The point is that you should come to a recognition of what it is that you have, because that's only then can you improve on it. Building structures don't go up because there's no, there are always mistakes. You know, look at the floor, look at the wall, look at everything around you, it's full of mistakes. But it's, these are the mistakes that allow the next generation, just like my mistakes, I hope, will allow my children. Um, I thank God for the mistakes that I have made. I thank God for the mistakes that I will continue because it allows me to understand mistakes. It allows me to understand it. And it, it, it gives me a tool to be empathetic and sympathetic toward others. And I think that is where God, that forgiveness comes from, understanding. Right? I can only forgive you if I understand. God forgave us because He knows that is not what defines us. But the potential to build on your mistake to become a better is what He wants us.
Lord God, I thank you, Lord, for giving us the freedom to choose, giving us the freedom to live, to explore. Give us um, the guilt-free life, the potential in Christ to be forgiven when we have understood, when we have fully come to a realization of what it is that we have done. That repentance allows us to move forward. That your forgiveness allows us to serve your purpose. That our full life potential is only fully realized when we come to an understanding that you care and you love us and you gave us the potential to be better than what we think we are. Lord God, I pray that each day you allow us to not only make mistakes, Lord God, but to learn from them and to come to you, Lord God, to ask you not just for the forgiveness of sin, Lord God, to overcome, to grow us upon our mistakes, to allow us to build, Lord God, to become people that you have destined us to become. Lord, I pray that each day serves as a, a lesson, Lord God, that each, each mistake serves as a stepping stone for us to become more and more like Christ. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have empathy, to be sympathetic toward other people. And I pray that you allow that part of us to grow more and more. And to let us understand, Lord God, not just simply asking for forgiveness, Lord God, but to understand, to fully understand what we are capable of beyond our mistakes. Thank you, Lord, and I pray all these things.